0: You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. I've told my disfellowshipping story before, but since I'm starting a non-profit company soon, I figure it's time to tell it again. As a Jehovah's Witness, I wasn't allowed to have outsider friends. I wasn't allowed to hang out with anybody who wasn't also a Jehovah's Witness. There were some Jehovah's Witnesses in the congregation who were my age, but not many. And they didn't like me anyways. That meant I was completely alone through my entire childhood. I wasn't allowed to have any friends. Not to mention the fact that I was homeschooled for a few years. That didn't help the isolation problem at all. So when I finally left the religion when I was 18, I didn't have anywhere to go. I knew this girl from school, so when I got kicked out of my house for getting disfellowshipped, up. She said I could come over. I had to crawl in her bedroom window so her grandparents didn't know I was there. I hid in her bedroom for two weeks, sneaking out to go to work at Burger King every day. Do you have any idea how hard it is to hide in somebody's bedroom? It sounds hard to do at its face, but I bet you haven't thought it out logistically. I had to piss in old Burger King cups and Gatorade bottles. She would take her dinner to her bedroom every night so I could eat. It was either that or live on the street. I didn't even have a cell phone. I had literally nothing except for the. Clothes on my back. One pair of clothes. I had to wear one of her shirts while she washed mine. And right now, there are 2.5 million other children in that same situation in the U.S. Many of them are there because of Jehovah's Witnesses, or because of Scientology, or the NIFB, because their parents are disgusted by them, because they don't believe exactly as they do anymore. That's why I'm starting a nonprofit, to help people in that situation. Nobody should have to go through that. It's wrong. The nonprofit is obviously starting out very small, almost completely donation-based, except for what I can feed into it for my own money. So I plan to do a few key things to start. First and foremost, to be in the program, the kids will have to agree to use an online therapy system, like BetterHelp. I'll pay for a monthly subscription for them through the charity, and they're going to have to have some way to communicate with the therapist and be a part of a larger online ex-cult member community. So in addition to paying for a subscription to online therapy, I'm going to make sure they have a decent smartphone that'll allow them to use Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. And finally, I'm going to pay for cell phone service for them. The program will last one year per kid, contingent on the fact that they continue to communicate with their therapist. They can reapply the following year, and we'll assess if we can afford to keep them on after that. It'll cost a total of about $2,500 per year, per kid, depending on their situation. As I said, I intend to help with other stuff too, if we get enough financial assistance from donors. I can't accept donations until the company is approved by the IRS, but if you check the website apostaterefuge.org, you can find out if we've been approved to accept donations yet. If we haven't, you can add your name to the list from the website, and I'll send an email out when it's time. This election has been an interesting one, to say the least. At this point, as far as I'm concerned, there are two types of people. The type who saw the scam early on and the type who still don't see it. Take a look at this clip from Hillary Clinton in 2016.
1: You know, every time Donald thinks things are not going in his direction, he claims whatever it is is rigged against him. Uh, The FBI conducted a year-long investigation into my emails. They concluded there was no case. He said the FBI was rigged. He lost the Iowa caucus, he lost the Wisconsin primary. He said the Republican primary was rigged against him. Then Trump University gets sued for fraud and racketeering. He claims the court system and the federal judge is rigged against him. Uh, There was even a time when he didn't get an Emmy for his TV program three years in a row and he started tweeting that the Emmys were rigged. him. should have gotten it. This, (laughs) this is a mindset. This is, this is how Donald thinks. And it's funny, but it's also really troubling. Okay. Now, that is not the way our democracy works. We've been around for 240 years. We've had free and fair elections. We've accepted the outcomes when we may not have liked them. And that is what must be expected of anyone standing on a debate stage during a general election.
0: Trump's plans seem to be blatantly obvious to me. Seriously, how do people not see straight through what he's doing right now? But what he's doing has had an unintended side effect. He's fracturing the Republican party. Even if they aren't Trump supporters, lots of Republicans have completely lost faith in the election process. And Republicans who don't stand up and defend Trump are viewed as Democrat sympathizers. Even though Trump came out on stage the other day and encouraged people to vote in the Senate runoffs in Georgia, it doesn't matter. His Stop the Steal campaign has taken on a life of its own. Alexander, who apparently used to go by Ali Akbar, is an organizer for some of the pro-Trump events. He and others came out and said they'd force the state legislatures to send Republican electors to the Electoral College to ensure Trump stays president. Shit's getting bizarre, man. As if it wasn't already. Jesse Lee Peterson. Some of you may have heard of him before. He's, well, I don't really know how to describe him. He's an odd bird. Probably the nicest description I could give. He's a Republican, he's black, and he's a white supremacist. Didn't know that combination was possible? Turns out it is. We've got a few clips to go through. He's a little upset that Trump picked a woman for the Supreme Court. He loves that it's conservative now, but wishes it wasn't Amy Coney Barrett. He thinks a man would do a better job. Check this out.
2: I often hear people asking me, when. Where will the world end? When is the end time? Something like that, right? What are the signs of the end time? This is a sign of it. Women taking over, the end time is near. Because when women take over, everything that's wrong comes to the forefront. Homosexuality, same-sex marriage, so-called same-sex marriage, uh, uh, LGBTQ, STD, Everything come to the forefront. Men become weaker. Those are signs of the end time. When women
0: take over, you better find yourself a rock to hide behind. Not to nitpick, but I think he listed the exact same thing three times. Homosexuality, gay marriage, and the LGBT. How was that a sign of the end times? Who told him that? Even Jehovah's Witnesses go a little more in depth. Equality is not a sign of the end times. I was under the impression that war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes were a sign of the end. You know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Those things that have existed since the dawn of time? I guess I was mistaken. It's women being in positions of authority. Pastor Greg Locke has been on my radar for a while, but I've never done a piece on him before. He's your standard hate preacher cult leader. He's also pro-Trump, anti-vax, and believes the virus is a hoax. The nutbag trifecta. Well, CNN decided to do a piece on him recently, and he was not happy about it. He tweeted about it. He said, quote, So CNN just left our church. A short interview turned into a 45-minute smackdown about our church remaining open during COVID and my refusal to take a vaccine. It will be a hit piece without question. End quote. I'm sorry, man. If you don't want the news to report how fucking stupid you are, then try not being so fucking stupid. And damaging. If you wanted to do this on your own time with your own life, be my guest. But you're in a position of authority. It's your responsibility to look out for the best interest and well-being of your congregation. Instead, you're telling them the vaccines aren't safe and masks are dangerous. These people are super spreaders. I hope they go down as the greatest villains in U.S. history. Michelle Bachman is back in the news. She did a pro-Trump event recently at Salem Baptist Church in Dalton, Georgia. Here's what she said, quote, From the political point of view, from the legal point of view, from the moral point of view, America is not on board with Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. End quote. First of all, it doesn't really matter if America is on board or not. That's what's gonna happen, whether she likes that or not. But for the record, he won, period. Even the Attorney General's Justice Department came out and said there was no systemic fraud. Biden won, whether you like that or not. She went on to say, quote, we're not there and the reason why we're not there is because we're not that dumb in the United States because, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, this man did not get the votes on election night. It didn't happen. Donald Trump got the votes on election night. So why would we be like drones, chumps, and fools to to go along with this. End quote. Ignoring the glaring run-on sentences while she talks about how dumb she isn't, I want to point out that people who aren't dumb don't usually have to tell you how dumb they aren't. Scary people don't usually have to tell you how scary they are. If you're trying to convince somebody you aren't stupid as dog shit, then you're most likely stupid as dog shit. And as for the last thing she said, Trump had the votes on election night? That's right, he did, when 20% of the votes were counted. Are we talking midnight on election night in Hawaii or in New York? You must realize the US stretches across multiple time zones, right? I thought the goal of democracy was to count votes until we have a winner. Why would we stop until all the votes are counted? I don't really care how long it takes. This time, it happened to take about a week before we had a clear, decisive answer to who won. It was Joe Biden. Facts don't care about your feelings, Michelle. Before we get into all that, let's listen to some voicemails. If you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, this is Andrew from North Carolina. So I'm a theistic Satanist, and I was wondering what arguments would you would be, or excuse me you would use against evangelical Christians that don't particularly side with atheism. Thank you. It's an interesting question. I think I would probably come at it from the angle of extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I'm not necessarily saying that no God exists. That's not really my claim. It's never been my claim. It's possible that one does, but I'm going to need some evidence that a God exists. Any God at all. And the claims of Christians are extraordinary. It's not just that we were put here on this earth by God. It does not stop there. Their claim is that, God watches over us and answers our prayers and sent his son to die for us and has this whole weird sin system, this imperfection system. And there are so many holes in the story that can't be filled. It's absurd. Now, that can transfer over to other religions, For Islam, it's actually the same God, generally speaking, as Jewish people and as Christians. So the the claims that they make, generally speaking, are equally as absurd. They can't settle with, God put us on this planet. They have to also have, he did it 6,000 years ago, and it was just one man and one woman, and somehow they reproduced to create everybody. And he listens to us and all of this other crazy shit. As a theistic Satanist, i.e., one that actually believes in God and chooses to worship Satan, I would venture to guess that some of your claims are equally as absurd. If they're not, if your claim is just in a deity that created us and then walked away from the whole thing, okay. I have no issue with that, really, but you're still going to have to prove it to me. Any evidence at all. I'll take anything. The problem is there is no evidence that God exists. Any God at all.
2: Hi, this is Asher. Um, I'm from Florida, and I was wondering if you would uh, help bring some awareness to the problem, which is um, relationships bringing people into cult. My ex girlfriend was very large in a mega church that was, um, well, I guess I wouldn't say mega church, but a very large church that was extremist and I would consider to be a cult. Um, and I was wondering, because she converted me, uh, of course, now we're broken up and I had been able to break out of it before that. What would you say to people who are in that position? And, uh, yeah, that's all. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love your stuff.
0: Appreciate the phone call. Really interesting question. I know cults, generally speaking, try to rope people in any way that they can. And one of the best ways is to do it through a relationship. If you're curious, you could look into the Children of God cult. Very, very extreme. And they use sexual relationships to rope people in. It's actually really very wrong. It's a horrific cult. One of the worst out there, I would say. But they look for anything that they could consider a vulnerability. Anything that they can use to bring people into the religion. And this calls back to the ends justify the means mentality. They are justified in doing literally anything, literally anything to bring people into the religion because it's for the greater good. So my advice to them would be the same advice I would give to anybody. Be very skeptical and very careful and understand that cult recruiters are out to get anybody they can by any means necessary. You'll find cult recruiters on university campuses all the time looking for people to bring into the cult you'll find jehovah's witnesses bringing up sensitive subjects all the time looking for people on twitter like actively searching for tweets about somebody's family member dying or something so that they can try to bring them in under that premise knowing that they're emotionally vulnerable right now they're going to do everything they can to bring them in if you follow me on Twitter, you may be aware that I've decided to start a nonprofit organization and I created a website for it. I'm getting the business license and all kinds of stuff. Let me explain what it is and why I decided to do this. When I was a teenager, I wasn't allowed to have any friends. I wasn't allowed to have outsiders as friends. I could only have Jehovah's Witness friends, they set it up that way intentionally, because if you have outsiders as friends, it makes you less reliant on the cult. This is a really common scenario in cults of various types. So when I was a teenager, I didn't have any friends because there weren't really many Jehovah's Witnesses my age in the congregation, and the ones that were there didn't really like me that much. So through my teen years, I was homeschooled for about four years, three or four years. And it was like a three-year period of complete social isolation, complete social isolation. I didn't talk to another human being except for my two parents, both of whom were bipolar. They had bipolar disorder. For three years, when I turned 17, I went back to high school, left homeschooling. And for the first time in my life, I started making friends, which of course was against the rules. You're not supposed to be friends with outsiders. But I did it anyways. And it was really good for my mental health. Problem is I was trying to experience all of the things that I didn't get to experience when I was in the cult without friends. So I went to high school parties and hung out with people and I drank a little bit of alcohol and I smoked a cigarette and things like that. I had a worldly girlfriend. As time went on... Some of the Jehovah's Witnesses in the congregation who were my age, they went to school with me. They were watching me, and they told the elders what I was doing. And the elders called me in and told me that they were going to disfellowship me, basically. I was 18. On my 18th birthday, actually, my mom made me leave, kicked me out of the house, and I had nowhere to go when you don't have any friends, when you didn't grow up knowing anybody who's willing to talk to you anymore, what do you do? I was just gonna sit on a street corner. What else do you do? I called this girl I knew from school and I asked her if I could stay with her because who else is I gonna call? And she said yes but her grandparents didn't know. I had to sneak into her house through her bedroom window and live in there for like three weeks. You may hear that story and understand like that's what happened, but really understanding the logistics of something like that is a completely different thing understanding that I had to piss in Gatorade bottles and Burger King cups so her family didn't know that I was there. I had to plan when I would use a bathroom, wait until 4 o'clock in the morning when they were all asleep. She had to bring food back to her bedroom so I could eat. I had one pair of clothes. I had a shirt and a pair of pants and a pair of socks. I had to wear her clothes while she washed mine, when they did get washed. And I had to sneak out the window every day to go to work at Burger King. The point of the story is that there are homeless kids in the United States right now, many of which are there as a result of their cults shunning them their parents shunning them because they changed their mind on believing the religion nobody should have to go through that it's wrong and jehovah's witnesses encourage it they want parents to do that to their kids of any age so the point of the nonprofit is to help kids in that type of situation. Not just kids, but help anybody in that type of situation. I mean, I was 18 at that time, but I just got a message from somebody from my old congregation who is 33 and just now woke up like a year ago. He's completely embroiled in the religion in every way. He works for an elder at some business nearby. And if the elder found out that he, was, that he didn't believe anymore, he'd be fired. No longer able to support his family. The nonprofit that I'm creating is intended to help anybody, not just kids. But I want to help people. Who were in my specific situation so i put up the website it's apostaterefuge.org i can't actually take donations or anything at this immediate moment um actually by the time you see this video this clip i may be able to take donations it's possible so go to the website and look on the front and find out if it's possible to donate if it's not you can add yourself to a mailing list And I'll let everybody on it know when it's possible to donate. But I'm waiting until I get approval from the IRS to be a full-blown charity before I take donations so that they are tax-deductible. Aside from donations, I actually intend to funnel money to it through my Etsy store. A lot of you guys probably know that I have an Etsy store. I intend to basically build it up through Etsy through like my retro game shop and things like that. I'm going to donate all of the profits from certain items every month to the charity. So whether or not people are donating, whether or not anybody else is on my side, it's irrelevant. I will still be able to help people in this situation, even without donations. I have four main hopes or five main goals. To help people, the first one will be providing a cell phone capable of social media communication so that people can talk to other people in the ex cult community, like through Twitter and Discord and things like that. I want to make sure that they have a cell phone that functions so that they can talk to other people in their situation. Because social isolation is one of those things that cults push harder than anything. They want you to depend on them. So my goal is to break that dependency. I mean, when kids come to me, their, their dependency is going to be broken anyways. They're not going to have an option. They won't have anybody there to help them. They'll be sitting in some somebody's room that they knew from school, eating their dinner, eating the person's dinner, because They don't have any other way to get food. So I want to provide that life raft, if you will, to people who need it. The cell phone would be, uh, I'm hoping to spend about $400 per cell phone. I want it to be a decent cell phone, not like an iPhone 12 XR or whatever, but something that they can use to access Twitter and stuff. They're also going to need cell service, data and talk and text and everything. That would be about 45 a month. And I want to make sure that they have therapy. I want to give them access to therapy because I sure as shit needed it at that time. That would be like $80 a month if I use like betterhelp.com or e-counseling or talkspace. And then I want volunteers to communicate with them to fill in the gaps of knowledge that they should be getting from the parents in their lives, for example. A lot of cults, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses, discourage kids from going to college. I want advisors there who would be able to talk to the person and explain how to go to college, explain what the FAFSA is and how to fill it out. Explain what grants are and where to find them, where to find scholarships, how to take the GED, how to take the ACT, what prep books to read, everything. Just absolutely anything. If they don't have any, anywhere to live, then find out what, what homeless shelters there are in that area. Find out how they can make money quickly to, to get into somewhere. Find out how to sign up for food stamps. And then finally, as a last resort, if we can't find a food bank near them or food stamps or something, then give them $32 a week for food. It's not much, but it, it will prevent them from starving to death. So that, those are my goals with this nonprofit. And I've basically calculated that it will take about $2,500 per person per year including administrative costs like the cost of an office and web hosting and paying for the domain name and just everything employee payroll to help people with various different things it'll cost twenty five hundred dollars per person per year so every twenty five hundred dollars we bring into the program that's one year that a kid has to figure their life out, and not die in the street like I nearly did. It has a long way to go. And like I said, I'm not relying solely on donations. It's going to get money from my Etsy store. I'm basically going to be funding it myself, if nothing else. But I'm hoping that I'll be able to get enough donations that I can help the maximum number of people. One more thing. I intend to fund it by creating a YouTube channel where I read out letters of disassociation, letters from family members, letters to family members, anything like that. So if you have any of those, then go to the link in the description and the pinned comment and send them to me. Let's read some super chats. Zolfner, fuck Owen, praise our president. Ugh. God, that's disgusting. The Biggest of Chungai. Hey, uh, spent five weeks under a bridge at 17 because of baptism. Forcing or encouraging people to do something like that should land you in prison because that's abuse, hands down, no exceptions. I completely agree. I could not possibly agree with you more. It's fucking wrong, man. And who knows, maybe there will be an opportunity in the charity for the advisors who are working with these people to, th- to call the cops on some of the most disgusting perpetrators. Maybe there will be an opportunity for justice for them. It's fucking really messed up, man. I can't stand it. Seriously, I sit here and read through some of this stuff and I literally tear up. It's so fucking sad. The first article I wanted to talk about is entitled, Jesse Lee Peterson, Electing Republican Women Has Weakened the Party. I wanted to start off by looking at some clips of this guy. I know my audience probably knows who he is, but just in case, just in case, let's look at some of the top-notch shit this guy has said.
2: I often hear people asking me, when, where will the world end? When is the end time? Something like that, right? What are the signs of the end time? This is a sign of it. Women taking over, the end time is near. Because when women take over, everything that's wrong comes to the forefront. Homosexuality, same-sex marriage, so-called same-sex marriage.
0: uh, Wait, did he list three things just now? Homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and so-called same-sex marriage? What's the next thing he's gonna list? Uh, LGBTQSTD. Wait, okay. Uh, you know what? You know, I'm feeling generous. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to bother with this one. Uh, let's just keep listening.
2: Everything come to the forefront. Men become weaker. Those are signs of the end time. When women take over, you better find yourself a rock
0: to hide behind. Okay. So that's who this guy is. Um, he is a Republican, diehard Republican, and he's clearly black, and he's also a white supremacist. I know that that combination is surprising, but that's what it is. The combination does exist, surprisingly. Obviously, not only that, but he's also a just serious misogynist. There are a couple of other clips by this guy that I wanted to look at, so let's look at the next one
2: this woman supposedly have seven children two of them adopted
0: he's talking about amy coney barrett this is in reference to trump electing or nominating or whatever amy coney barrett to the supreme court so she has seven children two of whom are adopted he said
2: from another country and they black uh but yeah
0: she okay hang on let's look, take a look at this guy's shirt real quick your daddy didn't leave you. He left your mama. What do you think that means? What do you think he's getting at there? One can only speculate. Let's keep listening.
2: It does not stay home and raise the children. At which tell me that this woman thinks that she's above men and that she is a man and that she can go to work and raise children and be like a man.
0: As- Okay, so the fact that she has a job outside the home, that means that she thinks that she's a man. That's what he's saying. And that she thinks she's better than men because she works outside the home. How do I even respond to this? This is fucking absurd. This guy is a parody of himself at this point. When you become a parody of yourself, you have lost. Gold or Fash, is JLP drunk? No, that's his voice. That's him. That's how he talks. He's not drunk. That's fucking bizarre, right? Is it just me or is that fucking bizarre? I've seen other people go on this guy's YouTube channel. I mean, he's got like 400,000 subscribers or something. He's fucking big. And I've seen people go on his channel and he's completely insufferable. It's like that usually when people go on, they say you can't go in taking it seriously. You basically have to take it as a joke the whole time. The whole thing is a joke. I just like the guy exudes. I I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know how to describe this guy's personality. There's something really off about him, though. Let me step back and let's keep listening.
2: Man and that she can go to work and raise children and be like a man. That's not true. It is literally not true. This woman is on an ego trip, like now they going north, and she's no different than a liberal uh, uh, feminist. It's just with a different name. But you're going to live to regret this because if she's not decent enough to raise, stay home and raise the man's children, she's not going to think straight on the
0: court. Believe me. I am just blown away by this dude. Like, people take this guy seriously. No joke. 400,000 subscribers or some shit. Actually, let's look. Let's find out how many subscribers he's got. Hang on. Uh, 300,000 okay 300,000 so it's hard to know if the guy is serious or not or if he's drunk or not but ultimately it doesn't really matter because he's really fucking famous people listen to him people take this shit seriously this is a problem this is the clip that was posted by right wing watch let's watch it
2: Black women treat black men worse today than slavery ever treated them. Ever. But it's because black men are weak. Black men, not all, but most have the mindset of a woman.
0: Remember earlier I mentioned the guy's a white supremacist. He's black and he's a white supremacist. Keep that in mind while you listen to this clip.
2: They get angry, they're emotional, they judge, they hate. They don't lead the way anymore. And so women, the black women are treated them worse
0: than any slavery could have ever had. That's fucking sad, dude. How can somebody, how can literally anybody on the planet say something like that? Anybody. Doesn't matter what color your skin is or where you were born or raised or anything. How can you talk like that about slavery? Like, holy fucking shit, dude. You know, honestly, I feel like people underestimate slavery a little bit. Uh, and how horrific it really was because I was on Twitter earlier and somebody says, I was talking about Jeff Sessions, the previous attorney general, the one before Bill Barr. Now there was a guy in between there who was like the stand-in or whatever, but um, before Bill Barr, the real attorney general, the full one was Jeff Sessions. Guy was named... Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, after Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, and General Beauregard, the guy who led the battle that started the Civil War. I looked into it a little little bit earlier. I said, that's like naming your kid Hitler and then taking pride in it. And somebody else responded, unpopular opinion, but the Confederacy wasn't anywhere near as bad as Hitler. What? It wasn't? Is slavery as bad as murder? I think they're pretty fucking close. I think they're up there right next to each other, honestly. And these people were defending slavery. They were fighting to the death to maintain a slave state. This is... Where are people's heads at right now? Seriously. How can people think like this? This is fucking bizarre. So with all that being said, let's actually read this article. It's by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website. The title is Jesse Lee Peterson Electing Republican Women Has Weakened the Party. The article says, Right-wing radio host Jesse Lee Peterson last seen saying Amy Coney Barrett doesn't belong in the Supreme Court because she ought to be in the kitchen isn't happy that several Republican women were elected to the U.S. House. After struggling to pronounce the name of Republican National Committee Chair Ronna Romney McDaniel, Peterson went off. They've weakened the party by putting all of these women in charge. The strength is not in the women, it's in the men. Those who return to the father. The Republican Party is going downhill fast because they're emulating the Democratic Party. They're not doing what's best and what's right. They're trying to prove something to the Democratic. Democrats get a bunch of women. Republicans got to get a bunch of women. Following Satan right into hell. You're going to live to regret this. Ronna McDonald is not the one that should be running the Democratic Party. This woman, blind and crazy. On the one hand, a few of the elected women belong to the batshit crazy wing of the GOP. On the other hand, getting a handful of new women elected may have been the sole bright spot for the Republican Party in the 2020 elections, but Peterson doesn't care. He's not interested in what those women bring to the table unless it's food. It's almost incredible to see a Christian bigot get mad at the Republican Party for not being sexist enough as if they didn't sink low enough for his tastes. I wondered if this guy was putting on a big act. It makes me wonder, like, people ask me sometimes, do I think the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses are faking it? Or do I think that they're legit? Do I believe that they're true brainwashed slaves? Like, brainwashed by each other. I think it varies from group to group whether or not they believe it or whether or not they're faking in the governing bodies' case, I think by and large they mostly probably buy their own propaganda. They do believe what they're selling to their members. Jesse Lee Peterson. I don't know, man. Like, I couldn't fake something like this. If I came out tomorrow, as a Christian, as a as a young Earth creationist, and said, "I know God created the the Earth." I know that all of this is true, and Ray Comfort and Kent Hovind and all those guys are telling the truth. They were the whole time, and I just know it for a fact. If I said all that shit tomorrow, I would be a millionaire tomorrow, but I can't. I can't. It's not true. I don't believe it. I can't fake my way through that. It's, it's, it's just not possible. I, I couldn't force myself to. Even for millions of dollars. They would parade me across. I'd hit the fucking talk show circuit. Massive atheist YouTuber turns Christian overnight. I'd be fucking on CNN and everything. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. It would be fake. And it would be doing real tangible damage to the world for me to do something like that. I couldn't force myself to. So... I think there's probably a level of cynicism with Jesse Lee Peterson. There's probably a level of cynicism with, like, Dave Rubin and others. They're, they're probably out to make money. They're probably trying to make as much money as they can. But I'm hard-pressed to believe that they don't believe what they are saying. I think that they believe what they're saying, by and large. Doesn't make it any less harmful. Doesn't make them any better or worse. I mean, they're not good or evil as a result of believing it. It doesn't really matter. They're still doing real tangible damage to the world and they need to be debunked. That's just what it is. Kevin T, if you beat Peterson in a fist fight, does that mean he's the beta? Oh yeah, man, something I forgot to mention about Peterson. First of all, the guy has a few catchphrases, and I think he's really clever. He he leans into it. He leans into those catchphrases. He likes to say amazing all the time. He says amazing in a really, really unique, specific way. He also calls Trump the great white hope, which is really, really strange because um, if memory serves, I could be incorrect if I am. Somebody can correct me in the comments, but... I believe that that's a reference to a boxing movie from the 50s where a black guy was rising through the ranks in the boxing matches, beating every competitor he came up against. And the racists from the 50s or whenever this was, the 20s or 30s or something, didn't like that. So they were looking for a great white hope who could beat the black guy. They wanted the champion to be a white guy rather than a black guy. So that's the origin of the phrase, the great white hope. And that's what Jesse Lee Peterson calls Donald Trump, the great white hope. What the fuck? A black white supremacist. I'm telling you. The guy has some weird issues. He's got some weird issues. And the sad part is he's a pastor and he offers... Uh, psychology advice and emotional advice and support to people who are in a really bad place in their life. And it's basically always wrong. In fact, it's basically damaging always. Um, So anyways, that's one of his catchphrases. The Great White Hope, amazing. And another one is he likes to call people betas all the time, like beta male, which is hilarious For its own reasons, but um, it's constant. And he has a huge problem with the homosexuals, which is really interesting because he recently got in some deep shit for liking some uh, homosexual stuff on Twitter. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but go look it up. It's really, really interesting. And it it tells me something about the guy's psychology. It's like when you catch anti-LGBT preachers saying all this horrific stuff about the LGBT community, saying how much they hate them and they should burn and all that other stuff. And then they get caught with a gay prostitute. Like, for example, Ted Haggard. That happened to Ted Haggard. It's the exact same situation with Jesse Lee Peterson he is railing against the LGBT community, talking mad shit about them, just hates them. And then he gets caught liking some tweets that he shouldn't have been looking at, honestly. So, under his moral system. I don't give a shit if he looks at that or not. A little hypocritical, though, if you ask me. Let's read some super chats. Chris McDerris, you should go on JLP's show. I'd love to see that. That's interesting. Um, that could be entertaining, but I don't know, man. I I don't take the guy seriously at all. I don't believe he's a serious person in any sense of the term. He's a fucking joke. The guy is a fucking joke. And it's an embarrassment to society that he has 300,000 subscribers on YouTube and I think a radio show and a bunch of other shit. It's an embarrassment. It's wrong. That should not be the case. I'm not saying he should be deplatformed necessarily. I'm just saying it's fucking wrong that society is a, at a point right now where somebody like him can rope in suckers. It's sad. Anyway, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate that. Uh maybe maybe I'll do that. I don't really like debates though. I I'm terrible at them. I like having a minute to think about what I want to say rather than being snappy and on the spot, you know. I'm not really a fan of that because debates at their most basic are just charisma contests and that's something I just don't have, so I would lose. Say Daddy Biden. That's weird. Why would anybody say Daddy Biden? I don't know of anybody who would ever call Biden Daddy. That That's really creepy. Uh, it's bizarre to call anybody daddy like that, unless you're in a sexual relationship. Are you in a sexual relationship with aforementioned person? Why would you call him daddy? if not? Very peculiar. It's like those fucking Trump trucks. Why do people have their fucking trucks decked out with Trump paraphernalia with flags all over the fucking place and everything? Do you see Obama flags all over the place like that? I mean, Obama was president for eight years. Did you see anybody with Obama flags on their truck in 2015 or 2014? It's disturbing. Seriously, it raises red flags in all honesty. Joe LaFaro, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Zolfner, are you finally going to debate me? That's a big negatory, old buddy. Can't do it. Not a debater. Not really my thing. Not a master debater, if you will. Please cover the Swaggerts and Haggis. Joe LaFaro. I appreciate the super chat. Um, I'm not sure who they are. I, or maybe I do, and I'm not familiar with like the names there. But let me, I'll, I'll look into it and see. Kevin Slims. Love the show, dog. Bless you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Riley Masons. Brady Rogers wonders what you think of Kent Hovind. I think he's a scumbag, truthfully. He's a complete scumbag. I read all about his tax evasion scandal, and it was just a big, ugly fucking mess. It's just straight up wrong. All of it's wrong. Just, he's he's an awful dude. Zolfner, Owen is irrelevant. No, you're irrelevant. Uh, Thanks for the super chat. (laughs) The biggest of chungai. What is it about Trump that attracts lunatics? I find it fascinating that a billionaire can somehow relate to so many, like, lower, um, so many people who are impoverished and lower middle class. Why? Why is that? How is it that a billionaire appeals to them so well? When you think about it, Bernie Sanders was the antithesis of what he stood for too, right? He was a politician who had been a politician for like decades. He was in a, you know, he's been in the system, a part of the system for decades, but he stood for something completely different he stood for workers rights and universal health care and all that stuff he he mobilized people he got people involved what is it about trump that mobilizes that group of people i think it's the fact that he appeals to conspiracy theories first of all he was borderline anti-vax in the 2016 election he would say he doesn't think, he would he would spout off random anti-vax dog whistles, basically. I'm sure you guys know the ones I'm talking about. If not, you can just go look them up on YouTube. But he dog whistles like mad to certain groups of people. The people outside of those groups don't even realize he's doing it. But the people inside the groups hear it and know he's talking to them. Anytime he mentions anything related to the storm, it's a dog whistle to QAnon. Don't, don't give me this bullshit he doesn't know what QAnon is. There's no way in hell the President of the United States does not know what QAnon is. His most ardent supporters. I don't know, man. We've got a problem in this country. It's going to have to be resolved one way or another. Uh, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate that. Zolfner, I want to fac Pence. Ugh. Well, he doesn't want that. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a whistleblower, I believe, who reported that Trump was talking to the, a United Nations official, I think, maybe, or somebody, about LGBT issues, and Pence was in the room, and Trump looks over to him and says, don't ask this guy, he wants to hang them all. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> God, there's something broken with those people. Anyway, nope, nope, the night. Love from Alberta, Canada. The church I came from is F to me, but grows. Have you ever thought about going front groups for the religion? It's often used to slowly change people's mind by a long-term sunken cost fallacy. I'm not sure I understand the question completely. Um, if you want, you can at me in like at Telltale Podcast in the live chat there and clarify, and I will keep a lookout for it. That way you don't have to like do another super chat, but I'll still get the message. Just at me in the, in the live chat and I'll watch for it. Life in the doghouse. One conspiracy theory I've seen is that the microchip and the vaccine will carry the mark of the beast. Yeah, I've heard that too. They've been saying that for decades that, you know, vaccines are the mark of the beast and there's going to be a microchip in everybody, blah, blah, blah. Nobody even needs a microchip anymore. Why would anybody need a microchip? I don't, I don't get this. Like there were these conspiracy theories in the early days of computing, like the 90s, the 2000s, where everyone was like, you know, there's a big microchip craze where people were putting microchips in pets and stuff and everybody was like oh my god they're gonna put them in us it's like no nobody's ever recommended that nobody wants that not gonna happen and it's not even the most efficient way of tracking people anyways i think the nsa has you know pretty good handle on how to track people at this point zolfner are you going to live stream your vax uh if i get a vaccine i will not live stream it but i might record it and upload it later you mean when i get microchipped (laughs) Zolfner, I bought these people for you. Oh, thank you. I'm not sure what you mean. That's cool. Zolfner, Owen needs to podcast shirtless shirtless huh no i don't think so i can't stand being shirtless dude it drives me nuts godless blessings jlp follows ex-hypnotist roy masters and the foundation of human understanding warped beliefs that's weird i think i may know who you're talking about roy masters that's fucking bizarre that doesn't surprise me though dude honestly jlp jesse lee peterson is fucking weird man he he acts like he's drunk 24 7 but he's not i don't understand it's his style of speech joe Lafaro. It makes him sound very unintelligent. I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if he realizes that. I don't know. But he sounds like a moron. He sounds like an idiot when he does that. So I would recommend getting a new pattern of speech if I were him. Joe LaFaro, I was referring to Trump's speaking style, which is the fake regular Joe act. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. My mistake. I thought you were talking about Jesse Lee Peterson. You're right. Um, The fake regular Joe act. And he's got the sir routine. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that. He's always got a story that starts out with, and then they said, sir, it's ridiculous. Like the whole thing is fucking ridiculous. It's, it's the worst, dude. It, it's cringy as fuck. Take off your fucking shirt. I don't like being shirtless, it's terrible. Or maybe I would. It's, it's the worst. You take off your shirt. Why are you telling me to take off my shirt? You do it. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Michelle Bachman publicly coming unhinged over the election results for like the third time. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. The next article I wanted to read is entitled, My Vote Was Stolen. Michelle Bachman Will Never Be a Chump Who Accepts Biden's Win. I know I keep talking about Michelle Bachman, but she is the cringiest fucking person alive right now, and she keeps saying crazy shit. I thought she disappeared, like, back in, like, 20... Whenever the hell? 2011? Is that when she was, like, really, really big? She's terrible, dude. Why is she even in the news again? Anyway... There is a video clip about her, and we're going to watch it in a second, but let's read this article first. Uh, This is by Kyle Mantilla on Right Wing Watch. David Barton, Tim Barton, and Rick Green of the religious right organization Wall Builders held a series of barnstorm Georgia rallies over the weekend that were aimed at mobilizing conservative Christian voters in the state to vote for Republican Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue in the upcoming runoff election that will determine which party will control the U.S. Senate next term. Among the guests who participated in person or via video in one or more of the various rallies were Republican Representative Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, right-wing activist Charlie Kirk, Dinesh D'Souza, and Kirk Cameron, and former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Wow, those are actually some really big names, dude. Seriously, Dinesh D'Souza, this is like the only rich person alive to ever go to jail for uh, election... What was it? It was like election donation fraud or something. There are donation laws for elections. You're not allowed to donate more than $10,000 to a campaign or something. I don't remember exactly what the number is. People get past that rule by just donating to the super PACs. Like Hillary Clinton, for example, had a super PAC... Which was completely independent of Hillary, had nothing to do with Hillary, but they would take donations, as much money as you wanted to throw at them, no limits, and they would run ads for her. They would run like negative ads against Trump, they would run positive ads for her, they would do all of the spending. And she would even donate some of her money to the super PACs. It's obnoxiously and disturbingly easy to get past the election laws, like the election finance laws. So the fact that Dinesh D'Souza donated so much money that he actually broke a law and went to jail for it is bizarre, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Seriously, he knew what the laws were, just give the money to the super PAC. Why did he give money to the politician directly? This is fucking weird. I swear, this party seems to be made up of complete morons. Like, I mean, I mean the leadership specifically. The leadership is made up of morons. And the only reason they're still alive as a party is because they appeal to the lowest common denominator and people absolutely eat that shit up. Anyways, Charlie Kirk is actually pretty big too. I think he's Turning Points USA, TP USA. He founded that group, I think. Uh, Kirk Cameron is a religious nutcase. He's the guy who came up with the crocodile thing. I don't know if you guys heard of that. He had a picture of a crocodile and a duck that he merged together in Photoshop. And he said, This is what evolution says would happen. If evolution was real, we should see a Crocoduck. But we don't, so evolution is fake. Obviously complete bullshit.
2: Now what I'm about to show you does not exist. These were actually created by our graphic artists... But I want you to keep your your eye out for this, because this is what evolutionists have been searching for for hundreds of years. Alright, and if you find one of these, you could become rich and famous. So here's some transitional forms. This is called the crocodile. Can you see this? Crocodile and a duck. Alright, let's try another one. This is the bullfrog. (laughs) Half bull, half frog, or of course the sheepdog.
0: If we actually did see a Crocoduck, that would disprove evolution, actually. So, he's been mocked mercilessly in my community for a long time. I should really do some reaction videos to that dude. That would be interesting. But, um, Kurt Cameron's pretty big. And, of course, the final one on the list, Michelle Bachman. So... Let's keep reading the article and see what it said. During a Friday night rally at Salem Baptist Church in Dalton, Georgia, Bachman declared that she would never be a chump who accepts that Joe Biden won the election, screaming that Satan is destroying our election and that my vote was stolen. So let's actually watch the video and and see exactly what she said here.
3: From the political point of view, from the legal point, Point of view from the moral point of view, America is not on board with Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. We're not there, and the reason why.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, dude. Her voice is rough. I don't know if it's like the speakers or or the microphone or what. I don't know, but that voice is just ugh, sends shivers up and down your spine. It's like when you were like 15 years old and you're sitting in your bedroom and your mom screams down the hall to get your attention, Owen, you know what I mean? Like it just, just like electricity shoots up your spine. You're like, Oh God, just stop. That's, that's what's happening right now with uh, Michelle Bachman. On another note, I just want to point out, America is ready for a Joe Biden presidency, and they will accept it because more people voted for Biden than, b- than voted for Trump. I'm sorry to say it, Michelle. I know you don't like that, but that's what it is. Facts don't care about your feelings. Let's keep listening.
3: The United States. We're not there. And the reason why we're not there is because we're not that dumb. In the United States, because we know without a shadow of a doubt, this man did not get the votes on election night.
0: Okay, I just want to point something out real quick. Um, People who aren't dumb don't usually have to tell people how dumb they aren't. Usually if you're defending how smart you are, you're probably most likely not in every situation, but usually you're not that smart. So that line about not being dumb doesn't work on me, Michelle. I'm sorry. I don't believe it for a second. As far as the last thing she said there, let's step back a second or two and listen again.
3: did not get the votes on election night. It did-
0: he didn't get the votes on election night. Okay. He did actually get the votes on election night. He did. Biden got the votes on election night. They hadn't been counted yet by the end of election day. That's the difference. Only like, well, I don't remember, like 20% of the vote or something had been counted by midnight on the East Coast on election night. But Hawaii is like, what, six hours off from the East Coast? I don't even know. It's like really far off. So it wasn't until like six in the morning when election night officially ended in all of the United States. So I'm not sure what she's getting at with he didn't have the votes on election night. He did have the votes, they just hadn't been counted. And for the record, the lead did not flip in Pennsylvania or Georgia. Biden won those two states. That means Biden always had the lead in those states. The counting just hadn't reflected that yet. That's the only difference. And the reason that the counting didn't reflect that yet is because Trump put a lot of effort into demonizing mail-in voting to his supporters and trying everything he could to slow down counting so that it would take longer to do this whole process. That was the whole plan for Trump. His plan was to try to make it so that only election day in-person ballots were counted, and then he was going to try to stop all the counting as soon as election night ended, and that was going to deem him the winner. They called it the red mirage. We were expecting a a red mirage on election night. And that is what we got. But ultimately, Biden won. Let's keep listening.
3: What happened? Donald Trump got the votes on election night.
0: Biden got the votes on election night. He, they just hadn't been counted yet. That's the only difference here.
3: So why would we be like drones, chumps, and fools to-
0: You already are. I'm sorry. You're you're proving it to everybody actively right now.
3: Go along with this. When the clock was striking 11.59 and 59 seconds on the 400th anniversary of this gift of God to the world, this-
0: Oh my God, her voice is something else, man. 400th anniversary- to what what is she talking about the united states is only like 275 years old or something like that right what 400th anniversary are we celebrating not democracy cuz democracy was created as early as the 500s i looked all this shit up earlier what the fuck is she talking about am i missing something did she like did, am i missing context that may be but she has a tendency to oh cat in the background see the cat she has a tendency to say really weird shit anyways so just kind of just make shit up right off the top of her head so who fucking knows honestly
3: on the 400th anniversary of this gift of god to the world this idea of voting for the people and the laws that you live under that we take for granted that's exactly when satan was snatching away from america ruled by the consent of the governed. In other words, stealing from us our right to vote. I am highly offended, insulted, angry, and I'm not going to stand for the fact that my vote was stolen.
0: Good Good thing facts don't care about your feelings, huh? She is the cringiest, most insufferable person alive, I swear. That voice is a force to be reckoned with. These people have a tendency to spread propaganda as much as humanly possible. The goal here is something called the fire hose. Spread as much misinformation as you can through as many channels as possible. You have to have what they call useful idiots to help, too. People can go back behind you and debunk some of those as you go, but they can't debunk all of them because they just keep coming. If 90% of the people who hear what Trump and Bachman and all of the other nutcases are saying, if 90% of the people who hear that shit don't believe it, that leaves 10% who did. All you need is to flip a couple points, a couple of percentages of people, and you slowly but surely move the country toward conspiracy land. This is a problem that's going to have to be dealt with eventually. Let's take a look at Super Chats. Nope, nope, the night. Front groups, as in groups that seem less extreme on purpose. They're trained to take you down the cult rabbit hole to slowly join the cult. Usually a lesson plan involved. That's true. There are a lot of front groups at universities. I think there's one for God the Mother. I forget the name. I think it's God the Mother is the name of the cult. Also for the Moonies... They love going to universities and sometimes the Mormons and sometimes the Jehovah's Witnesses. They go to these universities to try to recruit people and they set it up as like an official school club and everything. You're right when you say that they seem to be less extreme. It's just a good way to improve your life, blah, 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 blah. That's how it starts. That's how they get people. Low social cost, right? They want the the social cost to be low up front, so people are more willing to join. And as time goes on, as you said, the sunken cost fallacy starts to kick in. That's especially apparent with Jehovah's Witnesses. They build their whole recruitment plan off of the sunken costs fallacy. They want to make you think that they have the truth and you've put so much time and work into this so far and it'd be a waste to lose it all. That's what they want. In reality, throwing it all away would be to your benefit rather than your detriment. You aren't losing by throwing it all away. You're not losing by by ditching Jehovah's Witnesses or God the Mother or any of the other groups you are coming out on top in that situation in every way, shape, and form. Anyway, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate that very much. I've actually already sent you a shirtless picture when I was hanging out with that bee. I remember, I remember, I saw the bee. The bee was shirtless too. Was something saucy going on? Is that what was happening? Put egg in the chat for shirtless Owen. Lyric Edge, Zolfner, happy Hanukkah. Okay, Trump will win 2024. God, I hope not. King Biscuit, Biden won fair and square. It's exactly right. Guys, don't let Zolfner get to you. He's just a troll. Biden won, and we all know Biden won. So that's just what it is. Tyler Cross, 400 years ago, slavery came to the new world. Okay, there's that. That's true. Uh, Let's see. 1492 is when Columbus arrived in the Americas, I believe. That was... um, What, like 600 years or 500 years ago, somewhere in there? Yeah, I guess 400 years, the only thing that happened was, like, slavery, right? There's nothing else. Was she referring to the U.S.'s anniversary? Because it's only, like, 250 years or something. Zolfner, Owen hates Trump and is interested in chicks. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about saying if I were interested in dudes, but I'm just not, so... That's funny. Lecky is cool. How's your family? Daughter, girlfriend, cats? Doing well. I think you guys saw a cat earlier, actually. Miki kind of snuck by earlier, but uh, we'll give him some treats a little bit later. We're all doing okay. We had some kind of a sickness, like a fever and stuff recently, but we've been quarantining like a motherfucker for like 10 months straight now. So there was no risk of us giving it to anybody else. And honestly, I have no fucking idea where I got it. Seriously, I have no clue how I picked this up, but it started with me. And now my girlfriend has it, so um, I don't know. It's fucking weird, man. We're doing okay, though. It was just a mild thing. A mild fever and some coughing, and weirdly, our kidneys hurt. I am no troll. Love, Daddy Biden. That's weird. Why would anybody say that? That's so strange. You're a strange fella over there. Anyway, thank you for the super chat on that. I really appreciate it. That's all I've got for you. Appreciate you guys coming, and I will talk to you next week.